Have you always loved horror movies? And how come you love horror movies? I've always loved horror movies. Yeah, I think they're just the ultimate escape. You compare it to your everyday life and you're like, well, nothing could be this bad. It's a good way to give yourself some perspective on what you're going through in your life. Does that make sense? Sure. You're like, sure, Cassie, whatever. (laughs) Shut up. I mean, I just wanted to hear it from you. Yeah, we were just talking about that. And my acting class, the teacher was like, everyone I know who loves horror movies is a woman. He was like, why is that? And I was like, because we're just the more emotional sex. I don't know. We just get more into the emotions of it because we have feelings and you guys don't. (laughs) And that's the end of the podcast. Bye. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Okay. That's a real one. Yeah, I'm coming in hot today. (laughs) (laughs) They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot, but mostly Josh and Cassie. Yeah, about the movies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Josh and Cassie. Yell about movies. (laughs) Was I supposed to finish it? We didn't plan that at all. I figured you'd pick up where I was going. Hey, I'm Joshua, a freelance entertainment journalist. Joshua, I'm Cassandra. I'm not a freelance entertainment journalist. I just like watching movies and talking about them. <laughs> there you go. And that's how you start. See, but now you are. We're, we're freelance podcast journalists. So. You know, talking to tens and tens of people. <laughs> and hey, stick with me. I'll get you into all of the virtual screenings. Oh, be still my heart. <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> All right, St. Maud. what do we think? St. Maud. Thank God St. Maud is over, is what I said when it was, not because it was bad. I liked it, but man, it was heavy. Uh, I thought so too. A little too weird for me. And also, as soon as you figure out that most of it is in her head, it takes away the scare. Okay. Like, hard disagree. Like, hard disagree already with you. Hard disagree. Me. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Just, yeah. okay. Let me, let me preface that by saying, it reminds me of the show American Horror Story. You probably watched it. So in the first several episodes feel like a horror movie. And in the middle of it, you find out that the ghosts or whatever aren't that scary. And then it stopped being scary for me. And I just stopped watching it. Okay. You cannot be more wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> Respectfully. Love ya. But um, <laughs> to me, you know, going into this, I thought it was going to be a movie about possession, like an exorcism yep. type movie. The fact that it was all about mental illness and this girl falling deeper and deeper into her mental illness to the point where she becomes a murderer and sets herself on fire, that made it so much more terrifying. I I loved that part of it. I feel like you could leave this movie either really wanting to go to church and confess all your sins or like swearing off organized religion for the rest of your life. But I loved the fact that She was just getting sucked deeper and deeper into her mental illness. And there was nothing anyone could do to help. There's something so dark about that and just so tragic. That's actually what stuck with me most out of everything. Speaking of the religious background, I've never asked you about your religious upbringing in regards to how much you know about Catholicism and that sort of thing for the movie. I was raised Lutheran. Everything I know about Catholicism, I've learned from from horror movies. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Me too. The Exorcist, right? Come on. Uh, going into it. Do you remember the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Do you remember that movie? I do remember it, but I didn't watch it. I liked it. So that's what I was kind of thinking that I was getting into when I watched this. Instead, I got very much like Carrie vibes. She reminded me of Carrie a lot. 
her acting was phenomenal and she was creepy as heck. <laughs> yes, I have carry my notes later for sure. So the movie opens with a flash forward. We think of her coated in blood and a dead body, I think, and there's blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Scary music. It's by mm-hmm. the producers of Midsummer and Hereditary, the scariest movie I've ever seen. Did you like Hereditary, though? Uh, I never want to see that movie ever again. Yeah, I didn't. The- I didn't love Hereditary, but I did love Midsummer, and I got Midsummer vibes from this as well a little bit. So you should watch Midsummer anyway. Oh, <laughs> back to the schedule. I will have to check it out. So she's extremely devoted to order. It starts off in, I guess, her apartment. Everything is laid out for her day, like on her bed, just exactly so, like she needs it, which is mm-hmm. what. Oh, you're making a face. I didn't know. I just always make a face at you, Josh. (laughs) Um, She's very meticulous. It's kind of like the Blues Brothers. She has a plan from God, and there's that voiceover. You are probably the only person in the world to compare St. Maude to the Blues Brothers in any way. The Blues Brothers said, I'm on a plan from God. Anyway, it's a movie quote. (laughs) I think at the beginning, she says something like, oh, God, you must have saved me for something more than this, right? What did you make of that? I wasn't really making anything of it from the get-go. It started slow for me. Mm -hmm. It was, I say a lot of movies, oh, it was a slow burn. It was a slow burn. I mean, that's how a lot of movies start. I would have liked it to pick up a little quicker than it did. Yeah. I was getting a little bored with it. But I mean, once it does pick up, like, man, it smacks you in the face. But (laughs) I, I found it a little hard to concentrate at the very beginning i was wondering where she was because she walked past a sign that said coney island so i was like i know i I I was like oh there's a there's a coney island in england apparently (laughs) it's in northern ireland i just looked it up was it it ireland yeah i was like what what like they're in new york why does everyone have an accent like what's happening i you're right i thought that too i was really thrown the movie yeah doesn't explain yeah, no, and, and and the reason why it starts off so slow is because she barely talks at all. Mm. She hardly has an internal monologue. So everything that happens is sort of external. So you see her preparing, walking, and the vibe of the movie, you get all from the, the weird, creepy music, you know, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, whatever, whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A24 yeah. is good at doing the, the creepy background <laughs> noises that just make you really uncomfortable. Yeah, and then it's not... Not too long in the movie before we meet the other, I guess, protagonist, whatever you want to call her, Amanda. She's got lymphoma, former dancer. She smokes when she meets her. And Maude says she's never too impressed by creative types because, like, they're full of themselves or something. And we get the, the impression that she's all about communicating with God directly somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Amanda kind of spends the whole movie kind of messing with her. She's like, I'm here for a good time. I'm not here for a long time. You know, like literally you get that vibe from her. She's throwing herself parties. She's having lady friends over that she may or may not be paying. She's polar opposite of, of this girl, Maude, this girl who calls herself Maude. (laughs) I think they call her, someone calls her Kate in the movie also at some point. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Apparently she used to go by Katie and then something very, yeah, a nurse named Katie. And then something very traumatic happens to her in her job. She kind of has a mental breakdown and changed her name to Maud and starts over as an in-home caretaker. And Amanda picks up right away that Mary Magdalene on her necklace is her saint. 
So do you think there's any significance there? I don't know that much about, you know, I wasn't, really, uh, okay. I don't know that much about Mary Magdalene, honestly. That was, that was the other Mary, not the mother of Jesus. That yeah. was the one that soaked up Jesus's uh, tears. Was Mary Magdalene the prostitute? Yeah. And she cleaned Jesus's feet also okay. With, okay. Uh, with expensive perfume and everybody's like, you're wasting it. All right. So, I'm uh, caught up now. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Mary Magdalene, maybe she thought she was on a vision from uh, a vision, a mission from God. Kind of like Maude does, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that. I feel like every little detail in this film is like a metaphor for something. That's what. It yeah, like. definitely. Well, you know who I think actually. Now that I think about it, the protagonist in this film is the nurse that she used to work with, who <laughs> who bumps into her and is trying so hard to be her friend because she can see that she's struggling. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. She shows up later in the film. Is she? Did she show up earlier too? I can't remember. They meet when they're out for a walk. They just sort of like bump into each other, you know, yeah. she's like, Katie, Katie, hey, well, you know, what are you up to? And that's when she says, oh, I'm I'm still nursing. And she gives her a look like, really, you know, and and they know they know what happened. Right. <laughs> like, are you sure this is OK? But you can tell that she thinks something is really off. And then later she shows up at her creepy apartment unannounced just to check on her because she's like that concerned. That's really nice. And I thought. I thought she was going to kill her, but I didn't even think she was going to like set her on fire. I was taking notes, so it made it less scary. Plus, I could pause it when it got too scary. So that's my (laughs) recommendation for, oh, what? Oh, like you don't pause it when it gets too scary. (laughs) Okay. Oh. (laughs) The movie really gets set off when Amanda gives her a book of William Blake poetry and it's signed to Maude, my little savior. That's right. That's right. And I looked up William Blake a little bit just a few minutes ago. And just like Maude, he had these crazy visions of God and he didn't want to formally learn about Jesus. Apparently he barely read the Bible. Just like he wanted to get everything through listening through to divine visions, kind of like Maude does. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, well, if he can do it, I can do it or something. I don't know. Really, really strange. Can we get to the how she tortures herself? <laughs> Yes. Oh, gosh. I think I had blocked it out already. But man, that was something. (laughs) She sticks. I don't know. This is what I'm thinking of. She sticks the nails in her feet, which they do that in the Da Vinci Code, too. So is that that the Bible? Do people stick nails in their feet and walk in them in the Bible? Because I've seen that before. That is not in the Bible. That is stuff that happened after the Bible by people who believed that what what they called self-flagellation made them closer to God. And I think she gave some money to a homeless man at the beginning of the movie. And she said something like, don't, don't let your suffering be in vain. Something like that. Remember? Yes. Yes. I do remember that now. That's like another like set off point. She doesn't want her suffering to be in vain. But so it, how creepy is it when they show her walking outside with those nails digging into her feet and she's just slowly taking step by step by step and you can hear squishing noises and the look on her face she's grimacing but like trying to smile it's just so creepy like creepy 10 out of 10 right there yeah 10 out of 10 scary creepy Mm. yeah it was like a religious ecstasy like a religious orgasm yeah you know okay (laughs) We're Listen, never going to uh, say the word religious orgasm ever again. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Well, uh, that's banned. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite scene and the part that was so creepy, and it was something that was so simple, but it was when she had 
completely been just like enveloped in her delusion and her mental illness. And she looks at herself in the mirror and we see them too. She has these angel wings. Right. Yeah. The wings and they're kind of like neon. They light up like a neon sign or something like that. Like all those girls who take the selfie poses in San Francisco on the wall. <laughs> Only in San Francisco? Well, okay. everywhere. That's, you know, there's a popular one in San Francisco. Okay, gotcha. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, but something about the way she just, she doesn't really react. She just sees them and just sort of this like s- small like smile comes across her face. And it's just <laughs> the creepiest thing. I mean... So, so well done. Really, it's something that wouldn't normally be super creepy, but Mm -hmm. the way it was done was just exceptionally creepy. And I really liked that part. So, like, if you met this actress and she was in character, her name is Morphid Clark, M O R F Y Y D. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen her in anything else. Yeah. Would Would you be scared if she would if she was talking to you in character? In character. I don't think I'd be scared, but I'd be like, this girl seems like she has some issues. I'd probably be like her friend in the movie. Like, hey, girl, y'all right? Like, I want to hang out. Do you need a friend? <laughs> Please hurt me. <laughs> yeah, like you said, Amanda has a girlfriend. Maybe she pays her. We have no idea. She, she kind of, she does, right? <laughs> she does. <laughs> does what? She pays her. Don't they, like, don't they say that? Oh, I don't remember, but. Yeah. Probably. Oh, and then, no, well, the big thing is, like, Amanda wants, no, I'm sorry, Maude wants Amanda all to herself for some reason. Like, I guess she feels like Amanda should be more devoted to her suffering, I guess, more aware. And her becoming closer to God. Yeah. As she's in her final days, she doesn't understand why Amanda isn't more focused on repenting, you know, Making one with her savior, since she knows she will be crossing over to the other side soon. So that's what's frustrating to Maude. She wants to be there 24-7, praying with her and helping her absolve herself of all of her sins while she's laying on her deathbed. And Amanda wants nothing of that. She wants to party, which, go girl. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I guess I can see both sides. (laughs) I mean, I, I think I might if I was dying in hospital. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's a scene at a party where I think at Amanda's birthday party up till that point, yeah. I think Maude thinks she's getting to her like she thinks she's helping her. Yeah. Right. But then mm-hmm. there's a scene at a party where they basically just like openly mock her in front of everyone. And then she gets super just tense and embarrassed. And sh- then that's when she starts to realize that no one's really taking her seriously. And she gets frustrated. Yeah. And then that just leads to just this downward spiral for her mentally. Yeah. And that's when she loses her job. She actually slaps Amanda. That's right. She didn't lose yeah, her job, right. though, did she? See, we don't know if she's like a temporary worker or what, what her deal is. But she lost Amanda as a patient. We know that. And maybe she just didn't want to get any more. Again, we don't know. Because like, yeah. no, like internal monologue with her in regards to her real life. That's Yeah, that's true. The only time we hear anything that's happening inside her head is when there are these what she hears which she thinks are angels right speaking to her like in tongues and actually what's really interesting is i read that they use that actress that actress's voice she recorded and then they lowered it really deeply so just to really 
hammer home that it was so much inside her head. They even used that actress's voice. So, you know, like none of this was real. It was all just a delusion, an illusion in her mind. Yeah. And, and then there's that super weird scene where she meets a dude at a bar and has sex with him, but then she imagines that she's operating on him or saving his life or something. First of all, Honestly, the scene where she's just like sitting in a bar trying to like get people's attention and be like, hey, I was like, oh, relatable. (laughs) 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 That was me pre-COVID and me Um, (laughs) post-COVID. Is that that your style to just stare at people from across the room weirdly? Yeah, until like, yeah. Sometimes it works. You know what? (laughs) Effective. (laughs) When you're a girl, sometimes all you have to do is just sit there. Uh, (laughs) Now we're talking about promising young woman all over again. And we're back to episode one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she seems so pathetic in that scene. It was so hard to watch because you just felt bad for her. Like, cringe. Yeah. And did she think she was getting closer to God or was she rejecting God? No, that that was a slip up. That was her like, what's the word when you're in rehab and you. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, that was her falling back into her bad habits. And then she even says when she prays, oh, I almost, I, you know, I almost went back. I went to reverted. I almost reverted to my own ways. But then I, yeah, I saw the light once more. <laughs> right. And then it gets to the weirdest part when she's in a room and then she goes into this crazy trance, falls over everywhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden she hears a voice, which like you said, it's her recording, but it's, yeah, she can't think she's talking to God. It sounds like a demon. He's like, I've always wondered. It does sound like a demon. Yeah. But she's Uh so far gone. She doesn't realize what's happening. And then there's that amazing effect where she's laying on the ground and she slowly lifts up from the ground. And that's the part that I saw in the trailer where I thought it was going to be like an exorcism movie. Like, oh, so creepy and so well done and just eerie yeah and uh, and then we get to the final the final scene (sighs) yeah it's messed up man (laughs) 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 aren't i so professional (laughs) messed up man it left me speechless it was so just morbid and horrifying like so she murders Amanda because she hallucinates that Amanda is like attacking her, which we never see that she's not, but you could just assume at this point that she's not actually right. I mean, she's sick in yeah. bed, like pretty obvious. Yeah. Not. Yeah. She doesn't have this demonic voice and she's not like jumping on top of her and attacking her. And she didn't really telepathically throw her across the room. I mean, you know, <laughs> I like to think that's possible sometimes, but no. Yeah. Like we can gather, I guess, based on context clues that that did not actually happen. So. At this point, we're like in her delusion with her because we don't see what's, you know what I mean? We don't see what's actually happening. All we see is her getting attacked, but which yeah. obviously is not happening, but we're only seeing what Maude is seeing. Sorry. It was at this point that I paused it again. You did. <laughs> Josh got scared again. <laughs> I mean, do you watch with the lights on or off or like? I'm. Just- uh, it, they were off. Okay, well, maybe try them with the lights on next time, and you can make it the whole way through without pausing. I'm just trying to help you here, bud. Uh, you have to pause to take notes, too. I mean, come on. Okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> See? See? That's it. It was a note-taking moment. Okay, sure. I mean, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> so we're in her delusion until the point she gets to the beach that may or may not be <laughs> the Irish Coney Island or whatever. <laughs> And she 
douses herself in what is it? It's not gasoline. It's like something else. Something else flammable. Something flammable. Something very flammable. And then you start to see the people all around her start to go, oh my God, stop her, like freaking out. And we start to see it from, you know, the the normal sane perspective again. And her perspective is that they're worshiping her. Yeah. Like they, they fall down their knees and they worship her like they're yeah. a church. When in actuality, they're all horrified and will probably be scarred for life and need a bunch of therapy. I know I and, would. And, and one of them should have tackled her when they saw her doing that. I would have done that. You would have, but she clearly was about to set herself on fire. You would have gotten set on fire too. Are you really that much of a hero? <laughs> I guess you don't know until you're in that situation. Crazy person you've never met standing there covering herself in gasoline and holding a match. Are you really going to tackle her? I would probably just stand there in horror and not be able to move. Like I'll admit, I, I, that's that would be my reaction. <laughs> uh, well, the scariest thing that ever happened to me was a cockroach crawled out of an omelet at a restaurant one time. <laughs> Stop. Ew. <laughs> Listen, I'm just giving you my real life horror. A cockroach crawled out of an omelet at breakfast time at a real Manhattan, New York City diner. <sighs> and I jumped out of my chair and I stared out of it. So so maybe that's what I would have done. I would have I'm saying you just stop and you stare. So Maud is the cockroach in this scenario. <laughs> okay. And there were cockroaches crawling across the wall in their visions also. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do the cockroaches represent other than your omelet? <laughs> like, <laughs> so weird. I wish, I wish I didn't know that that happened to you. I have to bring my own flavor. Um, well, I'm the flavor of cockroach. Exactly. Omelet. Well, cockroaches <laughs> represent the devil, I'm sure. So true. Yeah. Or sin or evil or yeah. So they don't, uh, you know, give us the pleasure of being in her delusion through the entire the entirety of the rest of the movie she sets herself on fire and she thinks everyone is worshiping her but no the last second it's like a few frames we see what's actually happening with her and she is writhing and screaming in pain and like burning to a crisp (laughs) right so (laughs) we jump from her delusion of what she imagines is happening to what is actually happening which is freaking horrifying (laughs) and that's it (laughs) and that's the end and it's really a it's a terrifying ending it really makes you kind of sit there for a second and go oh my gosh (laughs) i know and now that i'm thinking about it i wonder if there was religious imagery with that setting herself on fire thing too because isn't that what happened to joan of arc i believe who did that who someone else did that shoot i have to google it now but supposedly if you're that enlightened uh-huh. right if you're that close to god you can set yourself on fire and not feel anything and just sit there and someone did it there's photos of it it was a monk it was a Oh, right. I know the fam- I know the famous thing you're talking about, but I thought he just walked on flames. He set himself on fire. The one I saw, he set That's himself right. on fire and just sat there. I'm assuming he died though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. He died. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He set himself on fire. He's dead. I know somehow in, in a monk-like trance, you can walk on coals and not get burned, but that's different from setting yourself on fire. Okay. Oh, I found it. <sighs> yep. Here's the photo. It's a Rage Against the Machine cover, by the way. He was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk who burned himself to death at a busy road in Saigon in 1963. And there are photos of him just sitting there. I mean, he just sits there until he's dead. That's bizarre. Journalist Malcolm Brown took a photo of this guy 
sitting there in flames, won a bunch of awards. So it is possible. It's possible to do, apparently. It's a wild picture. You have to look it up. It's bizarre. Wow. Yeah, it's a thing. I wouldn't recommend it personally. There you go. Nine inch nails. You get me closer to God. That's yeah. what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> now, am I piling on too many references? No, I got that one. I got that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah. Uh, very popular song during the pandemic. Well, I think that's about it. Any final thoughts? I am glad that more and more horror movies are, and this is kind of an A24 thing too. They're taking place during the day. They're moving away from the whole jump scare. It's dark, you know, yeah. people are jumping out at you and you're just like, oh, like the cheap scares like that, right? Yeah. Again, why you should watch Midsummer, um, <laughs> Because <laughs> that's another good one where everything, you know, it takes place mostly in the day. It's a sunny day, you know, and that can make it so much more creepy because it's easier for you to sort of put yourself in that situation. I mean, you know, because like, I've never been in a haunted house or whatever that I know of, right? But have yeah. I been walking on a beach in the middle of the day? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like, but seriously, like, yeah. more, it's creepier and it's more unsettling because, like, we've all been in these situations before. So just imagine something like that happening when you're, I, like, walking on the beach. I, I can imagine walking on the beach. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll probably be screaming next time that happens. <gasps> Yeah, with excitement because we'll be outside and <laughs> and coronavirus will be gone. Yeah, we'll all be vaccinated. Okay. Making out on the beach. There you go. <laughs> what else was I going to say about this weird film? Oh, yeah, too bad it's on epics and no one will ever see it. I mean, hopefully it'll be on VOD eventually. But yeah, that was weird. I don't know how I feel about it. came out months ago at some and some people were seeing it at like drive-ins and stuff like that. I mean, theaters are open here. It might be playing here. I haven't gone to the theater since I saw Tenet in September. I don't know. But I feel like this is one that where it's okay. Like Tenet, you had to watch in the theater, honestly, I think, to enjoy it. But I feel like this is one that's okay to watch in the dark, in your room, and pause when you need to, you know? I I think it's okay. (laughs) Anyway, it sounds like this is the time where we rate the movies. Mm -hmm. You know, I... I liked it overall. It was really creepy, uh, really well done. The acting was phenomenal. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 what? Normally you give like a little like thing, you know. Oh, 8.5 uh, bloody scissors out of 10. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I give it seven demonic visions out of 10. Okay. Okay. So you didn't like it as much as me, but you kind of liked it. <laughs> kind of liked it. Okay. Not my thing. Again, I already, I already told you why. Hey, well, watch Midsummer. <laughs> I think you'll like it more. <laughs> did I did I tell you enough times to watch Midsummer? Just freaking watch it. I'm, I know it's streaming somewhere. I've, I've held off for a long time. It's so good. That's the end of the podcast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>